President Trump had a hell of a fucked up tweet today. I know, I know. So what else is new? But this one is really bad. Daniel Radcliffe has some things to say about J.K. Rowling's anti-trans comments. And the NFL says it wants to support black people now. Better late than never. ESPN senior writer Michael Fletcher explains the change to us. The date, June 9th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hi, friends. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to News O'Clock. Okay, before we get started, we have to talk about how Stassi Schroeder and Kristen Dowdy from Vanderpump Rules just got fired from the Bravo show. Like, it they, just happened. What? I'm, what? I missed that. They did? Oh, that's delicious. Bravo, I'm Bravo, sorry, but wow. Bravo is finally taking a stance. And oh my God, actually, I'm just reading this in Slack that Brett and Max have also been fired from the <gasps> show, who are the two new cast members who people found on Twitter. They had racist comments that they had made, um, oh, which wow. they just which they just apologized for on the reunion this week. But it is crazy because these things have been coming up. Um, Stassi and Kristen, this is a twisted story, but that they had called the police on former black cast member Faith saying that she had committed a crime when she didn't commit one. Right. I saw that going around. I saw I saw Faith's like uh, Instagram live interview that blew my mind. And I remembered kind of hearing about them like taunting her after Faith cheated with Jax while he was dating Britney. And if you don't watch Vanderpump Rules, this is very juicy. Highly recommend you go back and watch this series <laughs> so you understand why this comeuppance is so come up be. Okay, it's time for the TLDR. These are the most important headlines for the day brought to the top of your feed. Here are three things you need to know today. One, the World Health Organization has been trying to make clear whether or not people who don't show symptoms can spread the coronavirus, and it's not really going well. Yesterday in a briefing, epidemiologist Maria Van Kerkhove, who heads the WHO's Emerging Disease and Zoonosis Unit, said that it is, quote, very rare for people who are asymptomatic to be spreading the disease. That got turned into headlines and tweets like this one from CNBC, which read, quote, coronavirus patients without symptoms aren't driving the spread of the virus, the WHO says. Well, that got normal people pretty confused, conservatives pretty riled up, and epidemiologists pretty upset. So today, the WHO had to come out in a special news conference to clarify that actually, no, this was not a change of policy. And yes, people should still have to social distance and wear face masks. The flip-flopping is understandable but exasperating because there are still so many unknowns about the virus and how it spreads. That's especially the case since there's a difference between someone who's asymptomatic, who shows zero symptoms ever, and someone who is pre-symptomatic, meaning they're contagious but just haven't shown symptoms yet. As a Harvard Global Health Institute statement said this morning, quote, all of the best evidence suggests that people without symptoms can and do readily spread SARS-CoV-2, end quote. We just don't know how often it's happening yet. Two, Democrats have put forward a bill in Congress to change how policing works in the U.S. The question is, will they get support from the protesters? Yesterday, congressional Democrats unveiled a series of proposals that would, among other things, roll back qualified immunity, which makes it all but impossible to sue police officers for their actions and add new restrictions on when police officers can use force. But the message was kind of stepped on by the fact that congressional leaders, including the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, who is very white, were wearing kente cloth draped over their shoulders. 
Meanwhile, Democratic presumptive nominee Joe Biden said yesterday that he's not in favor of defunding police departments. No, I don't support defunding the police. I support conditioning federal aid to police based on whether or not they meet certain basic standards of decency and honorableness and, in fact, are able to demonstrate they can protect the community and everybody in the community. That position puts him at odds with people on the left flank of the party who want to see funds move from policing to community services, if not outright abolishing police forces. And three... The president accused a 75-year-old man who was hospitalized after police shoved him to the ground of faking his injuries. And um, wow, this one is bad even for him. Last week, while he was protesting in Buffalo, New York, police officers pushed a man named Martin Gugino while clearing out a demonstration. Gugino fell, hit his head on the pavement, and blood began to pool around his head. Video of that incident rocketed around Twitter and led to the department firing and charging two of the officers involved in the incident. But a random Twitter user asked the important question, what if this guy was an Antifa plant? That rambling got turned into a blog post on a site called Conservative Treehouse. That in turn got picked up on OAN, a hotbed of conspiracy theories that has become Trump's favorite TV channel lately. So then the president tweeted this morning without any evidence, quote, Buffalo protesters shoved by police could be an Antifa, all caps, provocateur. 75-year-old Martin Gugino was pushed away after appearing to scan police communications in order to black out the equipment. At OANN, I watched. He fell harder than he was pushed. Was aiming scanner. Could be a setup? Question mark. End quote. This is... Of course, entirely crazy pants for anyone to say, let alone the president. Gugino's lawyer said in a statement to a Buffalo TV station, quote, we are at a loss to understand why the president of the United States would make such dark, dangerous and untrue accusations against him. I mean, there was literally blood coming out of his ears. It wasn't like- ketchup, Casey. It was real. I just don't get how he could look at that and say, mm, something suspicious is happening here. That is not the police pushing an old man to the ground. I mean, at this point, it's as if he has locked himself in a room and is just reading all these theories and then tweeting about them. I mean, what's new for him? It's wildly outrageous. No, no. He's inspecting the room, Casey. (laughs) Inspecting the room while he reads these theories. (laughs) All right. It's time for today's good news, bad news. This is where I bring you some of the most heck yes and most yikes stories from around the internet. Good news, Daniel Radcliffe, a.k.a. Harry Potter himself, a.k.a. our short king, a.k.a. my favorite surprise comedic actor, apparated into our muggle lives to call out J.K. Rowling following her anti-trans statements. So on yesterday's show, we talked a little bit about how Rowling tweeted about why she thinks trans rights means stifling women's rights. And then, of course, we talked about the backlash against those comments. So people have been waiting to see like um, who's going to speak out specifically is Daniel Radcliffe going to speak out and the chosen one responded to those comments in a statement he made to the Trevor Project which is an American LGBTQ plus nonprofit that he has openly supported since 2009 
Radcliffe said, quote, transgender women are women. Any statement to the contrary erases the identity and dignity of transgender people. And then he went on to say, quote, while Joe is unquestionably responsible for the course my life has taken as someone who has been honored to work with and continues to contribute to the Trevor Project for the last decade. And just as a human being, I feel compelled to say something at this moment. Oh, Danny boy. Oh, it was a truly great statement. I highly suggest reading it all. It's on the Trevor Project's website. But I got a lot of people were wondering because it's like, yes, his career was started and is what it is because of her. But so this is why I specifically love this tweet that came from Twitter user at 812 Film Reviews. They said, it takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies, but just as much to stand up to our friends. And that, of course, is a quote from Albus Dumbledore written by J.K. Rowling. And yeah, that's what Daniel Radcliffe did. He had to stand up to his friends when they were wrong. I'm verklempt. I'm, I'm just kind of, oh, <laughs> what a good, what a good moment. We needed yes, that. That's we really did. good. Uh. And bad news for fans of Bon Appetit videos on YouTube. Editor-in-Chief Adam Rappaport has resigned after a picture of him in brownface resurfaced. So if you're someone who has been using those videos as a way to get away from everything else that's happening, I hardcore feel you, but things have not been great behind the scenes at Bon Appetit. Yesterday, a freelance writer posted a screenshot of an old pic of Rappaport and his wife in costume as Puerto Ricans. The post, which was from 2013, was captioned hashtag TBT and hashtag Borica. Rappaport apparently called a meeting with staff afterwards to apologize for the picture, but Sola Elwelli, an assistant food editor, thought it didn't go far enough. So Elwelli uh, went to Instagram to list the magazine's issues dealing with people of color, and it included things like, unlike her white colleagues, she and her other BIPOC don't get paid to be in Bon Appetit's test kitchen videos, which is wild. Several of the other editors turned YouTube stars supported her, saying that until the pay gap was eliminated, they would no longer contribute videos to the channel, which has 6 million subscribers. In his resignation announcement, Rappaport said he's going to, quote, reflect on the work that I need to do as a human being and to allow Bon Appetit to get to a better place. The tea is scalding here. Like, wow. Wow. Um, I am one of those people who definitely uses Bon Appetit videos to unplug. So seeing people like Claire Saffitz, who is like, unquestionably like the biggest breakout star say i'm not under contract with bon appetit i will not contribute videos until all of this is fixed is a huge deal definitely and then so el whaley's like statement on like instagram that she did i mean she also included like what her salary is which was like i love when people share salaries i'm all for it it's like let's open that up and have an open discussion and it was just like i mean yes the uh, the bipoc are not being seemingly treated as the white people on staff are and uh, so good for the rest of the editorial staff to stand up. I'm so curious to see who will take over at Bon Appetit for this. I have no doubt, though, that they're scrambling to find it because they need to get that good YouTube ad revenue money in stat. <laughs> <laughs> After this quick break, we've got ESPN's Michael Fletcher with us to discuss the NFL's decision to finally support protests against police brutality. Be right back. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. 
The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. The NFL is back, and the NFL app has you covered. So get ready for football all season long and just tap into the NFL app. NFL, baby, let's make it happen. Just tap in to watch your local and primetime games all season, now through Super Bowl 56. For the end zone, touchdown! Get up-to-the-minute news, videos, highlights, stats, and more on all your favorite teams and rookies to watch. Welcome to the NFL! Download to your mobile device today at nfl.com slash mobile or in your app store. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. I'm John Gonzalez the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. First in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com, and now that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on L.A., to examining why booing is as big a part of the fan experience as cheering. Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. Welcome back. It feels like a lifetime ago, but in 2016, the country was divided over whether NFL players kneeling during the national anthem to protest police brutality was disrespectful. After the president got involved, the NFL's team owners eventually said that players would be required to stand, but they could choose to remain in the locker room. Fast forward to last week when NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell released a statement saying that the league was wrong to not back the protests. So how do we get from there to here? To help us make that leap, we're joined by Michael Fletcher, senior writer with ESPN's The Undefeated. Hello, Michael. Thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. So let's start with four years ago when Colin Kaepernick first started these protests. How did you think they would pan out? You know, actually, I was one of the people who thought naively that they wouldn't there would kind of be a flash in the pan, that there'd be a little bit of a backlash, but that that the world would go on and that actually that Kaepernick would have his career and and this would be a kind of a two or three or four week story you know, for us in the press. But but clearly that didn't happen. I mean, obviously, I mean, the whole situation got inflamed, you know, particularly when President Trump got involved. And also the league's reaction was really kind of stone age, right? I mean, no one expected that. I mean, if I were advising the league, even with their priorities, I would have said, um, hey, let Kaepernick do his thing and this will blow over. Right. Uh, But it clearly did not. So last year, after a lot of hemming and hawing, we saw the NFL launch the Inspire Change Initiative, which was, you know, meant to show that the league cares about black issues like education, economic development, community and police uh, relations, criminal justice reform. They got Jay-Z to sign off on the whole thing. So no shade, but some shade has that initiative actually accomplished much of anything in the year plus it's been going. Well, you know, 
I mean, not a lot, but it's done some things, right? It's funded some community programs. I mean, I'm not one of those people who's really that hard on the Players Coalition because these are guys who are, you know, are trying to make change in their own way, and they're trying to do it on the local level. And at some point, that's where change has to happen, like what kind of the rubber meets the road. You know, but I think the unfortunate part of that is sort of had the sort of a unintended or maybe the intended consequence of kind of uh, eclipsing Kaepernick, right? And and sort of taking Kaepernick off the table as an, as an issue for the LFL. So so it's probably made some change. I'm sure you can point to any number of community groups that's gotten money, you know, through the NFL's effort. And, you know, they're happy that they got that money. I mean, there's something to that. And there's also something to the idea that, you know, the NFL, okay, it's a business. And you know, obviously it's one that's in our homes every, you know, what's four, four nights a week now during the football season. But still, you know, it's a $15 billion business in, in this huge economy of ours. So kind of what's their actual responsibility? You know, people could, um, could argue about that. So, so all in all, you know, I, I think it made some impact, but clearly not um, what we'd like. Mm-hmm. So last week, we had a group of NFL players put out a video that basically said, what if I was one of the black men killed by the police? Is it true that the players went behind the league's backs to get that video made? You know, I don't have inside information on that. I, I don't know. I would imagine so. Uh, because the league, you know, that's not the league's kind of kind of talk, right? That's not the kind of mm-hmm. like um, language that they've endorsed and supported and, and given light to. So I would imagine Yes. Uh, One of the things that uh, has been reported that I've seen is that Roger Goodell, he put out this statement last week in part because of the pressure that the players have put on him by releasing that video. In his statement, he does say that the NFL was wrong in the way that they handled the Kaepernick protests, but there was zero mention of Colin Kaepernick himself, none. So what does that say to you? It, it tells me how um, sense of an issue that Kaepernick remains for the league. I mean, it's interesting. It was actually astounding that Goodell made the statement, though, right? If you, if you think about where he's been and where the league has been, you know, since 2016, that's quite an admission. And you know, I don't. So I don't take everything away from Goodell for that. But the idea that he didn't mention Kaepernick, I don't think he used the word police. I think, by the way, in the statement as well. It, you know, it, it kind of um, I, I think dilutes the intended effect. But at the same time, look at this moment we're in as a country. I mean, I'm getting in my inbox some um, emails from uh, from Walmart and Sam's Club. You know, talking about Black Lives Matter. You know, Amazon is. You know, proudly saying Black Lives Matter, Under Armour saying Black Lives Matter. And, you know, that would have been controversial maybe even a year ago. So quick follow up then. You mentioned earlier that the NFL is a business. Do you think that this overall helps or hurts them economically in the long run? I mean, assuming we get a season this year because of the pandemic and all? You know, that's a good question. I think it remains to be seen because it's funny with the, the entire Kaepernick blackballing. I mean, the feeling was if you just read my social media feed and and looked in my inbox, you would have think that would have really hurt the NFL. But I remember one striking thing at the Undefeated, we did a poll oh, about a year and a half ago before the previous Super Bowl. And we had the Serving Monkey did it, and we polled black and white NFL fans about a number of issues surrounding the Kaepernick protests. And a couple of striking things. First of all, African-Americans are more passionate fans. And secondly, not as many African-Americans as you might think were, they were upset with the league, but they weren't turning their television sets off because of the league's treatment of Kaepernick. 
But meanwhile, more white fans were turning their sets off because they didn't want to see these protests. They didn't like mm. the, the whole conversation. So you kind of it gave me some insight into the league's, league's thinking here. I mean, they didn't they don't say this, but I think they felt like they were losing more with their white fans than they were with their more passionate black fans. You know, so so it kind of made business sense for them, right? To mm-hmm. You know, to just sort of ignore Kaepernick and throw him out there. But now with this confused world, like all the polling is changing now about even how white Americans um, view discrimination in this country. I mean, up until a few months ago, it was sort of like it's in black people's heads. You know, that's, I think, what what the polling would, would sort of indicate white people thought. And and now that's shifting. But is that a lasting shift? Is that only in this moment? That's That's the question. So if Goodell and the league are actually being serious, what do they need to do going forward? Well, first of all, they'll have to let the players have free expression, right? I mean, they, they should be able to protest as they wish. They should be able to, as long as it's peaceful. And this is a league, you know, that hires, you know, people who've done all, you know, crimes and things like that, which is fine. It's fine for people to have second chances, but let's not treat peaceful protests or racial consciousness as something that's, uh, you know, unqualifying, so disqualifying for, you know, for being a player in the league. So I think that's that's the first thing. And I think they also need to continue to put kind of their money where their mouth is. They need, they need to um, support causes that sort of reflect kind of the priorities of their workforce. I mean, Goodell said it himself. There is no NFL without African-American players. They make, you know, African-Americans make up 70 plus percent of the league right now. They're um, even at the glamour position quarterback, which barred African-Americans for so long. African-Americans are the stars now at that position. So the NFL needs black players and I think the league needs to show that they are truly embracing not just the entertainment value that these players bring, but also their social concerns. Uh, That's a very good point. Michael, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today. Uh, My pleasure. Thank you. All right, now it's time for something new. So, Casey, you may have seen that the trailer for the new long-awaited Bill & Ted movie, Bill & Ted Face the Music, dropped today. Oh, yes, I did. I am so excited for it. So I know that you're a big Keanu Reeves fan, so I thought it would be fun for us to play a little game called Speed, starring Keanu Reeves. (laughs) Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to play you a trailer from a Keanu Reeves movie at five times speed. Five times. And you have to guess which movie it is. For instance, here is the Bill and Ted trailer at 5x speed. Okay, first of all, I'm really nervous because I'm terrible at trivia. Second of all, if the lake house isn't included in this, then I'm gonna be upset. No comment on that. Okay, here we go. Here is the first Keanu movie trailer at 5x speed. So, what's your guess, Casey? How, how am I supposed to know what that is? Okay, I, okay. I have faith in you, though. So I'm sure was, you figured this out. Definitely, this is more of like the action he wants. So, I'm gonna rule out the lake house. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I mean, I guess I'm just going to have to go with, I'm just going to have to go with The Matrix. You are correct. Ah! It was The Matrix. <laughs> oh job. my God. I'm so excited. My heart was pounding. <laughs> what is The Matrix? It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. 
Okay, you ready for the second one? I mean, maybe. I was hoping at least for the Matrix. I was I, I was like preparing. I was like, okay, if you hear Neo, you'll know it's the Matrix. I couldn't hear Neo. Okay, that's that, so That sounds two. like a yes to me. Here's another <laughs> Keanu movie trailer at 5X speed. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm also gonna like rule out Toy Story 4 and always be my maybe. This one sounded <laughs> action-y as well. Okay, um context clues. Right now I'm kind of deciding between John Wick and Point Break. There was a kind of surfery element to th- to this. But I'm gonna do John Wick. You are correct. It was John Wick. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so good. It's John Wick. Okay, Casey. Somehow, amazingly, you are two for two. Do you want to try on, and make it put three me for on three? A game show. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm really nervous, though. Okay, three for three. Okay. Here is the final Keanu movie trailer played at five x speed. <laughs> What do you got, Casey? Okay, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. I heard, like, it felt like gurgling water, which, again, I keep doing point (laughs) break because of the surfing. Okay, this one's going to be really weird, but I think in... in, um, I haven't seen this movie, but the movie Constantine, isn't there a... um, where she's being dunked in water? Dan, audio engineer Dan, play the clip. What if I told you that God and the devil made a wager for the souls of all mankind? No direct contact with humans. That would be the rule. Just influence. See who would win. Demons stay in hell. You were right. It was Constantine. You somehow went three for three, Casey. Listen, this is all about context clues. I know she gets dunked in water. I heard the water gurgling. I was like, okay, but again, upset that it wasn't the late cast. I don't know. I just think that you guys really focused on his actiony dark movies, and let's not forget that he is funny and deep and romantic too. <laughs> he is all of the above, and but Casey, you are a true Keanu fan, and I tip my hat to you. Holy cow, that was amazing! All right, that's it for today. Join us tomorrow for whatever new and exciting ways that the world will be on fire. And remember, if there are old pictures of you in brown face floating around, maybe think about how you're presently supporting the people you dressed up as then. Just saying. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. Those help us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember, set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Peacock streaming the biggest sporting events, exclusive originals, and the latest movies. This February, we've got Super Bowl 56, the 2022 Winter Olympics, and the Peacock Original Bel Air. Plus the new movie, Marry Me, in theaters and streaming Valentine's Day. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Hello, I'm Minnie Driver, and on my podcast, Mini Questions, I put together a little experiment. I ask trailblazers across different disciplines the same seven questions. Questions about the inflection points in their life what they like least about themselves, and what relationship has defined love for them. This season, I'm coming back with new trailblazers, like Blondie vocalist Debbie Harry. I did have a revelation. It was at CBGB's, as a matter of fact. I was waiting for the audience 
to give it to me, give it me. Then I realized that I had to make them. I had to command them. Artist and creative juggernaut Goldie. And I walk up to the mountain, I hike up. Just being in that environment and seeing life and death in front of you, right in front of you. And I go up there and scream and cry and, and, and laugh. And I find that being the happiest. And many more. Join me as we continue this exploration on season two of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This season, get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Let's go! See every snap from every game with full game replays. What a throw, what a catch! Listen to all the action as it happens with live game audio. Watch the dog, G! Leaping grab Devontae Adams! Plus, watch your team on your time with condensed game replays. Wow! Get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today.